Hi, this is Lauren from Discovery Church. Thanks for taking time to listen to this week's podcast. We hope that you find value and that is very impactful to your life today. Have a great one. What's the funniest thing you've ever read in a fortune cookie? I read a story recently of some friends at the end of an excellent Chinese food buffet meal. Like many of you, they did the customary reading of the fortune cookies. The first one said this, determination is what you need now. And they all laughed and said, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a good thought. And the, the second guy opened it up and he's like, yeah, new romance is in your future. And they're all like, ooh. And they're bugging him because he wasn't in a relationship at the time. But then the next cookie came out and it said, ignore the previous cookie. That's a tough one to hear. Uh, But we all want to know what the future is, right? Because the future can be unsettling, full of uncertainty. And and, uh, fortune cookies aren't going to tell us what the future is. And because of that stress, we want to take control of it, especially in a crisis. In fact, we're encouraged to do so by culture that you're in control of your future. But it's a false assumption though, isn't it? You can't control your future. I think we can really only control one thing as it relates to our future. Because we're only one doctor's appointment away, one accident, one friendship, one bad friendship, one bad decision in business or on a date, other situations as well. Really, we only have control over one thing when it comes to our future. It's who's gonna lead it. Is it you or is it God? At best, you and I can only manage or react, or we can trust God with our future. What are you going to choose? See, I was in elementary when I made that decision to trust God with my future. I didn't know how amazing uh, you know, that decision would be at the time. I simply knew I had sin in my heart, and I needed a Savior. I had tons of fear, of my, fear in my life, and I needed God's perfect love to push out that fear. In hindsight, it still has been the best decision of my life. Because I also found out that as I grew in my faith, in God's word it says he knows the beginning to the end. He formed me in my mother's womb. He, he even knows every hair on my head. Now, don't make any jokes about that, please. Uh, he knows my passions, my gifts, my desires. And everything private to me is public to him. And you know what? He still accepts me. He still loves me. I don't want to be in charge of my life. I have no idea what's best for me. I can't predict the future. And I'm going to be honest with you. In this crisis, I've wanted to. I've wanted to take control because so much is out of control right now. I've been pushing and trying to make things happen instead of being led by God. In fact, I've cut him out of my decision-making processes at times. And I need to get back to how the Bible describes us all as sheep that need a shepherd. You see, sheep don't lead the shepherd because sheep are not the smartest animals on the planet. When, when the Bible says that we're sheep, that's not a compliment. Nobody says, wow, that person is as smart as a sheep. Good old sheep brain. No, sheep are not smart. They need to be led. Maybe like me, your relationship has with God has suffered in this time. Maybe it's even non-existent. And you started doing things the old way or your way. How's it going? I know for me it never goes well. I found this scripture in the last year or so that has become a life verse for me. There are four verbs and that's what I've entitled the talk today. God's plan in four verbs. And when I look back at my journey with God, I've 
And when I've observed in other leaders' lives, this is how I think he works his plan in my life and other leaders over and over in each season. And maybe it's just me and David the psalmist. We might be the only two, but I think there's more. And my encouragement for you today is to show you how I think God works, what he does, and why putting your full trust in him should be the preferred course of action. It's Psalm 78. Verses 70 to 72, it says this. He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and the lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. And so there are four verbs that I want to focus in on today. And the first one is this. He chose his servant David. Um, did you know that, that God chose David, but that God chooses you? You have extreme value to him. Paul the Apostle, who wrote two-thirds of the New uh, Testament, talked about adoption versus biological. As you know, you adopted kids versus biological. You see, adoption didn't make sense in the Jewish culture because in the Jewish culture, it was all about bloodlines. But Paul, knowing Roman culture, he's inviting all people to Jesus through adoption. You see, the reason God chooses you is because he absolutely loves you. He adopts you as his very own, and it means that he, you can never be rejected by him. He accepts you right now. He loves you right now, but he also sees what you're going to become. You're here for a reason. God wanted you, to, you here to bring his kingdom, his love, his message during this time of pandemic. He knew that you were going to be alive during this time. Uh, Greg Johnson, who was a pastor speaker back in the day when I was a young person, he said this phrase, and I've never forgot it. The two most important days of your life. The first one is this, the day you were born, the day you find out why. Um, I think we're here to serve. I think we're here, and that's what the Bible says. David was a servant. We're, I'm going to unpack that a little bit more later. Uh, but while we're here anyways, we read so much about leadership Everything's about leading. But the stuff now being written about leadership is about servant leadership. You see, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And even culture is catching up to that. That's how our default should be as we live in our world. Make it better. Be a servant. You were chosen for this season. So let's make our world better. Let's be a servant. The second verb, he called him. He called him from the sheep pens. So first of all, he chooses you. He calls you. You see, being a shepherd was one of the lowest class occupations you could ever have. In fact, if you couldn't do anything else, you'd make them a shepherd. At least they'd be smarter than the sheep, hopefully. You see, sheep pens were jobs no one else wanted. Serving in a place being looked down upon. You see, Samuel, when he was coming to anoint a king, he came to look for Jesse's sons. But he didn't invite David. I don't know if you've ever felt overlooked or unnoticed, wondering why you are here or, or, or where you are, this anonymity. But can I tell you this? Even though David wasn't invited, he was overlooked by his dad. God isn't always looking for the obvious leaders. Oh, somebody help the preacher out. Man, I, I, aren't you glad that God doesn't pick obvious leaders? Because I'm not sure I'd be picked. 
And so David gets called and Samuel anoints him as the next king. And, and Saul was the king before David, but he was head and shoulders above everyone else in physical features and stature and, and outside appearances, you know, Instagram and social media. Man, this guy had stage ministry. You know what I like about our pastors, Pastor Lauren and Pastor Shauna Lee, is that they served in the sheep pens. They, they were unafraid to do the jobs that no one else wanted to do. They were unafraid to be not noticed because God called them to serve there. You see, in leadership, I don't often trust someone who hasn't served well when no one is looking. Doing the things everyone is able to do, but very few are willing to. Uh, I appreciate our pastors and our leadership team. They're faithful with the little. And that's why I believe that God's going to begin to trust them with even more by the way, I still look for sheep pens. I, I look for opportunities because I haven't forgotten it was those times I grew the most, even when I didn't think I was. You see, you read about Jesus's life. There's 30 years of basically being anonymous for a 3.5 years of world-changing ministry. By the way, not just pastors are called, you're called. The Bible says we've all been given the ministry of reconciliation. Wherever you're called to, college and university campuses, where you work, your family, you're all called. You're all light in the darkness. You're all to see yourself on a mission. Charles Spurgeon said that every Christian is a missionary or an imposter. So you're willing to serve in the sheep pens? Willing to persevere in your studies? Put the time in? Work hard when no one is looking? Take the jobs no one else wants because that's the door God wants you to walk through. Not be bitter when others less qualified get promotions when you're getting overlooked. Are you being faithful with the little? And I'm not talking primarily about positions or responsibilities as a church. Maybe you've been in church world before and you're wondering, okay, now he's, send, he's sending out the volunteer list. Everyone signed up. I think serving at church is fantastic. But what about the other six and a half days of the week? We sometimes think we're out of God's will when we serve in the sheep pens, but you're not being punished. You need to see your journey with God as a marathon, not a sprint. You need to learn things. We need to learn things here in these sheep pen moments. So when God does promote you, you have the character to steward the responsibilities. So someday you have finished your race and you'll hear the words from God. Well done, good and faithful servant. Be faithful. Be fruitful with the little. You can be trusted with more. Cultivate that integrity inside of you. You see, David took on sheep first. That was his first responsibility. The Bible says then he took on a bear. And he took on a lion. And then you know the story of David and Goliath. He took on a giant. He had to be faithful with the process. And I think he learned things in solitude, while he was sitting with those sheep that you can't learn in a book, you can't learn in a conference or a seminar, that you can only learn by getting alone with God. I've come to understand that, that God is in those quiet solitude moments where I lock myself in with him. And I understand he's my counselor. He's my guide. He's my healer, protector, savior. He's my friend. He's the liberating king. He's a prophet. And priest. Uh, young leaders have sometimes wanted the opportunities that could advance them faster. And I was one of those young leaders. But today I encourage them, don't be afraid to work in the sheep pens first. You won't get a lot of social media coverage, but you'll build character that will sustain you 
when you do have the social media coverage. You see, I watch God build character in me to steward the responsibility and the weight of of what God has asked me to uh, uh, lead at that level. It took time. And folks, I've done it. I've tried to open doors that weren't my doors to open or walk through doors I shouldn't have. Great opportunities, but they weren't my opportunities. Can you trust God with your sheep pen seasons? This is a big test. So he called, or so he chose David. He called David. And then the Bible says he took David from tending the ewes and the lambs. Two things quickly. To take someone somewhere, you need to know where they are. He knows where you are. He hasn't forgotten about you. He knew when Samuel was coming to anoint the next king, he knew that David was still in the sheep pen and that he'd be overlooked. He knows exactly where you are. But the the second thing is it speaks of taking, that God is going to go with you. Oh, that is good news today. To take someone somewhere implies that they go with you, that there's a proximity, that he's journeying or going with you. You see, God calls David, but he doesn't stand off at a distance. He walks with David every step of the way. I wonder if that's why he penned the words in Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Heath Adamson at YC a couple years ago talked about, did some research on Psalm 23. And talked about how shepherds would carve victories into their staff. It would be kind of like their prayer journal. And so anytime God did something good, they would carve it into their prayer journal. Every time they saw a miracle, they'd carve that in. It was like a a testimony. And so shepherds, when they would get together and they would talk, at the end of the meal, at the end of the night, they would sit down, the the, the two leaders would sit down of of their... you know, of their families would sit down and talk and say, hey, tell me about the rod. Tell me about the staff. They go, well, this time that God did this and this time God did that and this time. And they just go through and then, wow, okay, why don't you tell me yours? And so they, they'd share these stories back and forth. You see, it never made sense to me before because as a sheep, you'd think a rod and a staff, that's not comfortable. They were used to either smack you or, you know, get you back in line so you're not veering off or going the wrong way. That's not comforting. They weren't using it as a massager. They were using it to move the sheep. But when the sheep would maybe look up and see, look at the faithfulness of God. He, He showed up here and he showed up here and he showed up here and he showed up here. You see, God's going with you. He's not leaving you. He's with you. You don't have to be afraid. He's taking you somewhere. And you can look up and you can see, look at the faithfulness of God. I just love testimonies where we can share with one another the great things that God is doing. He's going with you. He's going to be faithful. He's done it before. He'll do it again. And then David goes on. He says, even sets up a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Uh, I had a friend, a pastor friend that bought some sheep just to learn how to be a shepherd. And he was telling me that these three or four sheep that he had, he had to sit with for hours a day for weeks on end before they would eat in front of them. I mean, sheep will hardly eat when a new shepherd is around. They're very mistrusting. Imagine how confident these sheep would feel when wolves are sitting around, but they can sit and eat. They're so mistrusting. They're, they're, they're so skittish. They're so uh, easily, they, they have no defense mechanisms. And here they are, David is saying. 
He sets up a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Think of the confidence of what David is saying. If God is taking you, you're going to be just fine. But here's the key. Don't get ahead of God. He wants to take you places. Places you could never go yourself. Do things you could never do on your own. Open doors only he could open and that no one could close. He wants you, as Galatians 5 says, to keep in step with him. There was a... Several years ago, I was watching ballroom dancing. It was a it was a quiet Sunday afternoon with not a lot of sports on, and ESPN had these ballroom dancers, and I just couldn't believe how in sync they were. It almost looked like they were just they were perfect in their synchronization. And as I was as I was watching that, the Lord had brought the scripture, "Keep in step with the Spirit," and 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 for dancing, the guy is leading, but you can't tell. And I'm like, Lord, what is all that about? And he says, it's quick obedience. To keep in step with the Spirit means that you're quickly obeying. You're quickly responding. So, that er so when God speaks, you're right there. When God speaks, you're right there. So we have to work hard at listening to his voice. He's following, but we're supposed to be close. Listen to the word of God. Listen in prayer. Listen to godly wisdom from others. And and when in you're in a life of worship, pay attention to peace. I, I hardly ever get uh, angelic visitations or burning bushes speaking to me about what direction I go. But sometimes it's, it's God's peace in my life. The Bible says that, that he shods our feet like the armor of God with the gospel of peace. It's directional. It's going to take us somewhere. We need to know God. We need to know his word, know his voice. The sheep know the shepherd's voice. Can I tell you today, wherever you're sitting and whatever you're doing, watching this, that he's always speaking. He wants to speak to you today. It's been my prayer for you to hear from God today, not from me. That you tune your hearts, tune your ears to his voice. So he chose you. He called you. He's going to take you. And he's going to make you. The Bible says that he made him, God made him the shepherd of God's own people. It's interesting that God didn't say he didn't make him the king of God's own people because they didn't need a king, they needed a shepherd. Why? Because there was things that David learned in the sheep pen that prepared him for what God had planned in the palace. You see, God is making you right now, preparing you for something later. Can I encourage you to be faithful in the process? You see, even with all of David's faithfulness, he still didn't earn the kingship it was given and the sooner you and i realize that god is behind the great things we do the better off we'll be there's no such thing as a self-made man or woman god makes us which is great news because it takes the pressure off of us that what he starts in us he's gonna finish and that all we need to do is wait for him to lead. Keep in step with quick obedience. And he's going to take us and he's going to make us. And he'll provide his promotions. This way, we won't be overconfident in success or totally defeated in failure. Because he's behind it all and deserves all the glory. You see, God chose me. He called me. He, he, he's going to take me and he's going to make me. And then you know what he does? He repeats it all over again. From high school to being called to Bible college, he, 
He chose me. He called me. He take me. And he's going to make me. And then from Bible College to West Edmonton Christian Assembly, he did the same thing. And from West Edmonton Christian Assembly to Millage Christian School and from there to district office and now to national office where I get the privilege of serving as the national church planting uh, multiplication coordinator. I've watched God do it over and over again and he's not going to stop. He chooses me. He calls me. He takes me and he makes me, and then he does it all over again, and he's going to do it with you. You can trust him. So why give God your future? Well, other than he's omniscient, that's helpful. He's omnipotent. He's everywhere. Uh, he's all-powerful, and he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. Other than that, other than he knows the beginning and the end, other than he's committed to finishing the work he's starting you, other than he's going to do all the work, other than you'll never be on your own, other than all of those things, I think it's so much more fun. Christianity was never supposed to be boring. What an adventure I've been on. And when I listen to older Christians who have lived that surrendered life, I hear over and over two things. I hear, first of all, that God has been faithful. I always hear that. God has been so faithful over all those years. And the second thing is, I could have never pictured what my future would have looked like. It was way more than I ever imagined. He could do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. So are you up with the are you up for the adventure of God? Then do a courageous thing this morning and recommit again to trusting God with your future. So I just want to lay out before we get to the close here, I just want to lay out some practical steps. There's some things that you, that maybe you want to start, maybe even today you want to do. Is the first one is this. Get alone with God. Tune out all the other noise. Open the Bible. Just spend some time in prayer. It doesn't need to be a long time. The second is read the Bible. Read the Bible. And the third one is just start a conversation with God. That's what prayer is, that we start a conversation. See, my prayer for you today is for strength and courage, for you to make a decision to trust in God. And maybe you're watching um, this uh, this video and you're saying I, I don't I've never even started a relationship with God it's a simple prayer of invitation it's simply placing your faith but you could use that word your trust in God are you willing to trust God can I encourage you to trust him in everything but certainly with your future can I pray for you so God I pray for every single person watching right now that they would have the strength and courage to put their trust in you, to put their trust in their future with you. And for those maybe that are watching for the very first time, I'm praying for that same strength and courage to make the best decision they could ever make and say yes to you, yes to forgiveness of sin, yes to your grace, yes to your peace, yes to your love, and yes to your leadership in their lives. God, we know this is a good day because you're speaking to hearts and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for taking time to tune in to this week's podcast. If you're in the Edmonton area, we would love to meet you in person. Consider this your open invitation to coming and being a part of the family. We'd love to get to know you face-to-face because that is where life change happens. Have a great day.